One of the funniest things about becoming a parent is the decision that every parent has to make about what to name their child. What name will you give to that baby? It's a big responsibility for parents and one that has lifelong consequences, literally. I was reading online about some funny naming stories and it reminded me that not all parents approach this task the same way. One dad I read about shared how his wife went into labor during the Super Bowl. Now he was a huge Cowboys fan, so he decided to name his boy Dallas after his favorite team. I guess his wife was just too tired to protest or argue with him. Another set of parents thought that it would be really cute to let their seven-year-old son, Luke, give the name to his new baby sister. Luke took a couple of days to really think it over, and he came to the parents with a big announcement. He said, I finally have decided she shall be called Luke's baby sister. See, the names we give our, children's, uh, the names we give our children often take a great deal of thought on our part, and they sometimes cause a few arguments along the way. Isn't it interesting then that in the Christmas story, God did not leave the naming of his son up to the parents. Both Matthew and Luke tell us that God sent an angel to make sure that they got it right. Matthew tells us, he is to be called Jesus, the angel said, because he will save his people from their sins. You see, that's what the name of Jesus means. It means deliverer rescuer. It comes from the Old Testament name Yeshua, Joshua. And of all the names given to the Christ, of all the names given to the Messiah, the one most beloved by his followers is simply the name Jesus. Our classic hymns sing this name over and over again. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, or Jesus, Jesus, How I love thee. Now, of course, this wasn't the only name that God could have chosen. There are lots of other names in the Bible. Names like Tiglath Pileser Adonai Bezek. Can you imagine trying to sing that hymn? Tis so sweet to trust in Tiglath Pileser Adonai Bezek. Or Tiglath Tiglath How I Love Thee. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. But here's the thing. See, God's people had been waiting a long time for this child. They had been hoping for the Messiah, hoping for a deliverer. And at Christmas, at Christmas, it's where this hope finally gets its name, Jesus. What Mary and Joseph would soon discover, and what everyone who came to see this child soon discovered, that it wasn't just the gift of a child that they received that day, It was the gift of hope. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. Today, as we celebrate Christmas in the year 2020, I want to spend just a few moments reflecting on this idea of hope, this gift of hope that comes to us at Christmas. You know, the funny thing about the gift of hope is that it often comes when we least expect it. You might even say that God surprises us with the gift of hope. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but in the Christmas story, traveling to Bethlehem while pregnant was not Joseph and Mary's idea. In fact, it was the local governor, Quirinius. He had mandated a census, and that meant that Joseph and Mary had to hit the road. 
But imagine what this experience for Joseph and Mary was like. This was not a luxury trip to some bed and breakfast spa in Bethlehem. This was a compulsory trip. They had no choice. They had to go. And of course, we get these cute images in our minds of Mary riding on a donkey. But husbands, let's be honest. You try talking your nine-month pregnant wife into going on an 80-mile donkey ride and see what luck you have getting her to go. But of course, in the end, they do go. And you can imagine Joseph's prayer. Dear Lord, please don't let this baby come until we get home. Please don't let this baby come until we get home. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a friend who once had Rose Bowl tickets and his wife was pregnant. He said, Aaron, please just pray that the baby comes late. And of course, his wife goes into labor the night before the game. So he does what any good husband would do. He says, honey, I'll call you at halftime. No, I'm just kidding. He gives the tickets away, just not to me. Luke's gospel tells us that while Joseph and Mary were there in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. Such an interesting phrase, isn't it? The time came. Joseph had no control over this. It was not his choice. It's dark, the vacancy lights have all been turned off, and Joseph and Mary are without hope. But what we see in the Christmas story is that God does some of his best work when things seem the darkest. And we don't know exactly how it happened, but God provides. God makes a way, and Joseph and Mary, presumably through the kindness of a stranger, are offered shelter in a barn. And the baby is born in a manger. Hope often comes when we least expect it. But hope also comes to those who will receive it. You know, I've often thought about this innkeeper in the Christmas story. We're not told his name, and yet he plays such a vital role in God's redemptive plan. Can you imagine the scene the knock comes at your door in the middle of the night. Of course, he answers, and he sees this young couple standing there. Something stirs in him. Something moves him, and he thinks, I must, I must find room for this couple. Well, what transpires over the coming hours and days must have been an incredible sight to see. The baby is born. Shepherds from far out in the rural countryside come with stories of angels. Wise men from the east come bearing extravagant gifts. And something in the innkeeper's own soul is moved. And yet, and yet, had he not received them, he would have missed it. He would have missed it all. Like so many others in Bethlehem that night, he could have left the door shut, but instead he opened it and he received the gift of hope. Jesus would later teach about the presence of his spirit. And I often wondered if Jesus remembered the story of his own birth. You see, Jesus' desire is to come and live in us. And he says this in his own scriptures. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. 
Hope comes when we least expect it. Hope comes to those who receive it. But perhaps most surprising of all is how hope comes. Hope comes to us as a child. You know, I think of all the characters in the Christmas story, my personal favorite have to be the shepherds. Luke tells us that after the angel had spoken to them, the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What was it that the shepherds saw when they came to the stable that night? What was this great sign of hope that they could not hold back? Well, it was a baby. It was Jesus. It was the Messiah in a manger. You see, when the Bible speaks about hope, it doesn't speak about it as a far out there concept or some kind of wishful thinking or merely positive feelings. In the scriptures, when the Bible speaks about hope, hope is always a person. It's Jesus. And because he came, and because he died, and because he rose from the grave, you and I can have hope both in this life and in the life to come. You see, the great gift that the world received at Christmas is not changed circumstances, but a loving Savior. God's greatest gift to us isn't some get well card or a text that says, hang in there, my friend. God's greatest gift to us is himself. And that's what the shepherds saw that night when they came to see the baby in a manger. They saw God himself, a Savior born to them. This Christmas, there are a lot of things we could hope for. Certainly, we could hope for an end to the pandemic, a renewed economy, the return to life as normal, or maybe we might hope for a magical time machine that could take us all the way back to 2019. Well, these would be fine things for us to hope for, but there is only one hope, one hope that can save us, one hope that can give us real life, and his name is Jesus. He is the gift of hope. So how will you receive this gift this Christmas? Maybe you're like Joseph and Mary. Maybe you find life right now to be a bit beyond your control. Timing is not working out the way you had hoped. What would it look like this Christmas for you to decide, I'm going to trust in God's timing, even when things feel a little bit out of control in my life? Or maybe you feel like the innkeeper, Maybe there's some parts of your life that feel hopeless or dark or, or, or just unknown, anxiety and stress. And what would it look like for you to open the door to your heart, to allow God into that part of your life, to respond to that gentle whisper of God's spirit and say, you are welcome here. Would you come in and be my hope? Maybe last and finally for all of us, maybe we like the shepherds this Christmas simply need to be reminded that Jesus came to rescue us from our sin. 
And it doesn't matter what this last year holds. It doesn't matter the mistakes, the regrets, the failings, the shortcomings. Today, this Christmas, we can again open our hearts to Jesus, the one who came to deliver us, the one who came to rescue us, the one who came to give us hope. How will you respond to this gift this Christmas? Can we pray? Father, I'm so thankful for this Christmas story that you chose to send your son to come and be with us, to come and be our rescuer, be our deliverer, and to be our hope. Lord, today we again confess our need of you. We open our hearts to you and we invite you to come in and be our gift of hope this Christmas. Would you come and do that now, even now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.